Hi friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Scoop. I'm your host, Sam Miller. Surprise! You don't usually get an episode from me throughout the week, but since we're in the middle of this little mini-series, I figured I'd just go ahead and upload a surprise episode, because, you know, why not? So, a moment, a moment of honesty. One of the main reasons I chose to split things up is because if you don't follow us on Instagram, which you should, by the way, it's at the Scoop w Sam. I talked about how someone somewhere apparently doesn't want this series to happen because my first time recording it my computer deleted the entire thing second time my mic stopped working halfway through and my patience was like shot so i decided to take a break (laughs) break things up a little bit and also looking at the script it just makes a bit more sense and i also finally caved and bought a blue yeti mic so hopefully you can tell the difference in the audio quality Today's episode, we're going to continue discussing two more celebrities who were targets of the paparazzi and tabloid media, and that is Anna Nicole Smith and Michael Jackson, as well as some conversation about when commentary crosses the line, right after this short break. Actually, first, I want to talk about where commentary crosses the line. And what prompted this dimension of the conversation was actor Jonah Hill recently asked people, as in the public and the press, to stop commenting on his body because it's making him uncomfortable and he doesn't want to talk about it. In reading an article from the Today Show about this, the comments were flooded with statements such as don't become famous if you don't want people to comment on your body and boohoo, poor you. Don't be rich and famous, expect people not to critique you. And while being in the public eye, is a part of being famous? Is it really part of the job responsibility to deal with death threats and the brunt end of the public's expression of their insecurities and frustrations of the world? It shouldn't be. I've heard people say for years that if you can't handle the fame, don't become famous. But why has accepting abuse from the public and the paparazzi become a part of the fame? Yes, it's ignorant to assume that when you're in the public eye, you should have immunity from the public's opinion, but it's also ignorant to assume that the public can treat an actress or singer who's done quite literally nothing wrong, like absolute garbage, and infiltrate their comment sections with death threats. And while there's a possibility that like Taylor Swift or Billie Eilish or whoever wouldn't ever see your hateful or your sexist comment, why do you feel such a pressing urge to comment it? And my favorite, my favorite comments are the people who will comment stuff like, who cares? on a post from a celebrity. First of all, whether you like them or not, you are obviously following them, or else you probably wouldn't have seen their post. Second, who cares? You obviously do since you felt the need to take the time to comment. Again, we'll probably get more into social media stuff again at some point, but for now, let's get back into the press and the paparazzi. One of their biggest targets in the 90s and early 2000s was none other than Anna Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith was often the target of a lot of really just horrible commentary by tabloid media and the paparazzi. In 1994, she was pictured in a pink holster top, white cowboy boots, posing with a bag of chips, and New York Magazine put her on the cover with the caption, White Trash Nation. According to The Atlantic, women who invoked sexuality as part of their image had to be reduced, like Smith, to trash. Diminished not with the scarlet letter, but with the crude penises Perez Hilton drew next to their faces on his blog. Which, don't even get me started on the actual human garbage that is Perez Hilton. And I could make an episode on him, but he does not deserve that much attention because he would love it and we're not giving it to him. 
So Anna Nicole Smith was first discovered in the early 1990s by Playboy after going to a modeling open call. And the magazine's editor, Marilyn Vodowski, described her as the most beautiful woman she had ever seen. And before the White Trash Nation cover, the American public had grown to fall in love with her. And she was known as kind of the Marilyn Monroe of the 1990s. She was beautiful and just looked timeless. And while lots of people wanted to hate on her, they found themselves constantly coming back to her. And the paparazzi was obsessed with Anna. And she would often play with them, posing for them, posing for the cameras in a way to say, I know you're there and you want to take bad photos of me, but I won't let you. Many wondered, however, what was coming her way and if she'd be able to handle it. The people didn't know what kind of childhood she grew up with. She had already been through a lot, growing up as Vicki Lynn in Mexique, Texas. Skip Hollinsworth wrote a 1993 Texas Monthly article on Smith and said, she was a magnificent Amazonian creature, capable of giving the camera the, the kind of deep, smoldering look that suggests she can handle any kind of trouble that comes her way. On her show, The Anna Nicole Smith Show, in 2002, she stated, people always ask me about my childhood. Well, I didn't have a childhood, so I'm living my childhood now. Smith felt that her and Monroe related to each other in a lot of ways. Maybe more than Smith realized. Monroe had changed her name and done some other things to reinvent herself into a version of herself that she'd always wanted to be, and so did Smith. When her career took off in 1993, after being named Playmate of the Year, she told People Magazine, I feel like I'm finally becoming somebody. I really think, like, I can do something. In 1994, Smith got married to J. Howard Marshall, a billionaire in the oil industry, who was also almost 90 years old. As you can imagine, this stirred up quite a bit of controversy with the main claims from the tabloid media being that Smith was a gold digger or a sugar baby or was only marrying him for his money. She describes that Marshall took her out of a dark place and did a lot for her mental well-being. She said that she didn't feel like he was using her for her body and that she wasn't using him for his money, adding that she had actually once declined his marriage proposal, waiting to build herself up in her career before getting married. When Marshall died, not too much later after the marriage, Marshall's children and Smith found themselves in a legal battle for J. Howard's assets, with his son, Pierce Marshall, believing that Smith shouldn't get a penny. In the case of Marshall v. Marshall, the jury sided with Pierce after he had hired Rusty Harden, a former prosecutor who had never lost a case, to flame Smith in front of the jury and paint her out to be an unsympathetic, money-hungry broad. And since the public was already under the impression that this was true, it only made things worse for her and her image. According to Sarah Marshall, a contributor at BuzzFeed, the media outlets had celebrated her seemingly serendipitous rise to fame now took just as much delight in dismantling it. In 1995, things started to go downhill in the relationship between Anna Nicole Smith, the American public, and the press. Smith starred in a super low-budget film this year called To the Limit, in which she confided in the film's director, Ray Martino, that she didn't want to live anymore. After moving in with Martino, she began to struggle with addiction to prescription drugs, gained weight, and after an overdose, the public didn't consider her to be their fantasy Barbie anymore, but someone that they needed to target and attack. Her show, The Anna Nicole Smith Show, didn't seem to help her image either. Behind the scenes, she was battling a lot, including a severe drug addiction, and that eventually killed her. The tabloid media's reaction to her death was both cold and brutal. 
The National Enquirer published a front page story titled Chilling Final Image of Anna Nicole Smith with photos of her and her son's dead bodies. Like I said last time, the tabloid media is soulless. Their it's nothing new attitude and reaction to her death shows that they knew this was coming but couldn't care less because they know that pictures of the dead girl will sell. Next, we're gonna cover Michael Jackson and we're only gonna get into some of the lighter stuff today because Friday's episode is gonna be pretty uh, dark. So I'm not gonna get into a lot with him today, but you just need to know that he was a target, like a target of the press, the paparazzi, and the tabloid media. Jackson was considered a gold mine to the tabloid media. And as we know, they love to write profitable stories on famous people. Whether they're truthful is debatable. As unfortunate as it is, a lot of people find it enjoyable, funny even, to watch people who are considered successful fail. It brings a weird sense of joy out of them to see people who seem to have it all crumble. While for some, it can seem humanizing to see pictures of a celebrity doing normal things, such as walk, taking their dog for a walk, eating at a restaurant, spending time with their family, tabloid media will often take a seemingly normal photo and distort the story. This is just an example I'm getting ready to say, so don't like take it as like the Bible or whatever. What seems like a normal photo of like Gwyneth Paltrow walking her dog the tabloid media is going to twist into some horror story about how, well, she doesn't have time for her kids, but she has time to walk the dog. And look what she's wearing. Can you believe she'd go out in public like that? And just stir this, like, innocent nothing into a deranged story. That's what they do. The paparazzi's never-ending desire for money out of creating stories about Michael Jackson continued years well after his death, which caused his children to live in fear and unable to properly mourn their father's death. Jackson's daughter, Paris, said that the paparazzi has given her PTSD since she has been in the spotlight from birth. I think that's where we're going to end things today. Like I said, the next episode is pretty heavy, so I want to preface you all for that. If you liked what you've heard today, make sure that you're following us on Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to this on. Make sure that you go follow us on all of our social media accounts at the Scoop w Sam. We just came out with new merch, so the link in the, is in the bio on pretty much, I think, everything. Instagram, Twitter, maybe not TikTok, but go shop. And yeah, I will see you back here next time with the final part of Escaping the Fame.